Welcome to Cry About It, the podcast about all those sad songs that make us oh so happy and much, much more. Tonight, I am honored to have a longtime friend and amazing artist, Koji, with me. We're going to talk about a new release that they have coming out, and we're going to just kind of shoot the shit, uh, go down memory lane a little bit, and talk about this amazing project that I'm extremely excited about, and I'm excited that it ties back to Harrisburg, where Koji grew up and where I have been a transplant for the better part of a decade now, which it's wild to think about. So thank you for joining me. Yo, thank you for having me. It's good to see your face even even in a little square, you know? Agreed, agreed. So I first um, met Koji 2007 or 2008 in German, Pennsylvania at Eleanor Rigby's. And I was running a venue at that time and I walked in the door and I want to say it was either a tour with Settle or your mm-hmm. best friend. I, I think it was both. Settle and your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Two amazing bands that anybody wants to go look up uh, and dig deep to find them yeah. great in their own right as well. And I walked in the door and there was a lemonade stand for merch set up in my lobby and there was a cat crawling around on it. Oh my God. And I was just like, you you deal with a lot of stuff when you're on a venue and you're like, okay, this is going to either be like really, really cool or a really big pain in the neck. And it was awesome. Um, We hit it off immediately um, because my wife was from Harrisburg and uh, I, I've been a fan, longtime fan ever since. Oh, wow. You know, this is the, um, the uh, second podcast today that I've done where uh, the lemonade stand and the cab come up and <laughs> it just makes me so happy to visit that place. Cause that's a, like a lifetime ago, you know, we're talking, it's 2021 now. So. <laughs> right. Crazy. Yeah. If that was, if that was 2008, that 2008 or nine. Yeah. We're that's over a decade ago. So it's just, it makes me so happy to still be in community with you. And uh, just to think about how lucky we were to be, in music at that time, you know, in, in the 2000s and into the 10s, it, it was just so special. So many great bands, you mentioned uh, Settle and Your Best Friend, um, but you know, all, all of the stuff that was like being seated in Northeastern PA, all the way to the Western side of the state, it's just, it's, Pennsylvania is such a, a rich ground for music and we got to be a part of it. So yeah, it, it makes me so happy that uh, those relationships were not just contained in that time, but we still continue to know each other and, and celebrate each other and, and evolve in our work. And yeah, and, and you with your family, I want to say congrats on the family and so Thank excited that everybody's healthy and doing well in pandemic as much as we can be. So yeah, I don't take that for granted. It's it's a miracle to be to be here and, to, uh, you know, be speaking again. I immediately dove in after meeting Koji. I remember I bought... Um, at the time, I, I was so fascinated by, by your story. And if, if you're not, um, people who are listening, if you're not really ingrained in like the touring and, and the business side of music, like there, there's a, a stark contrast. You never know who you're going to meet, what kind of day they're going to be having, how the tour is going. And there's so many factors that go into that initial meeting of anybody in those situations. Somebody could be having an off day and then you don't see them again for maybe a couple of years. And you have a sour uh, remembrance of, of that meeting. But you were so warm. And, and what stuck with me was community. You, were, you told me about Color Make, which you were, were working on at the time. And it was um, an art space, right? Where you guys were doing everything right. from like screen printing to everything. But yeah, I remember- Any ramp, doing photos, you, shows. Right. Yeah. It was, it was like a clubhouse vibe. It was very cool. And I got a, uh, a Koji, uh, Pennsylvania shirt that night with a little star where Harrisburg was and to this day that's like one of my favorite shirts doesn't fit anymore but it's in a a box to to eventually be made into like a quilt of all my old band shirts for uh for my son but um I have just such a fond memory of that meeting because you were so warm and and it was like this initially you were like next time you're in Harrisburg like let's grab a coffee let's do that and not everybody that you meet on on the road or in music and that really (laughs) yeah well so you you (laughs) i dealt with a lot of metalcore bands Uh, okay and and like uh modern rock bands at that time Mm. 
So like, you know, in that community, it kind of is. But as I dove deeper into it, I also became fascinated because like you said, there was a lot of cool stuff going on in Northeast PA at that time. And you were tied in with a lot of the cool bands that were, that were doing things at that time in our area. Um, and what fascinated me was it was all the way from like hardcore bands to the like Midwest emo type, uh, like the Tiger Jaw and uh, Dead End Path. I remember you touring with, correct? Like that. I remember yeah, that. I mean, I'm one of the only acoustic artists that like it made sense at the time where it's like, oh, Koji's playing with Mindset and Dead End Path. Like, of course. And I'm like, that's not regular. <laughs> right. And and I kind of had that mindset of like, yeah, I'm like a like a positive person um you know but that really speaks to my community mindset but like you know I'm, I'm playing essentially protest music I mean I the last song I wrote is about burning down the state so yeah it's like a sing-songy like fuzzy like power pop version of a like a Pete Seeger song but you know like I got an attitude and I want to play with those bands because I like heavy music just as much as like you know uh yeah Tiger's Jaw or Three Man Cannon or, um, you know, so many bands in the Northeast. You, you're so, I just think anyone who grew up there uh, was just so lucky. And we had so many great bands, um, it, you know, here in Harrisburg and we had, had a strong music scene, you know, on the West Shore, there was like a whole block of guitar stores. It was mm -hmm. just that big. Live music was that big and everyone was in a band. But, you know, my favorite bands are coming from Northeast PA and Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I definitely, uh, I'm not jealous, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> it's great to grow up uh, and, and still watch them do amazing things. Like uh, my personal favorite is the Menzingers. Um, of course. We're, we're talking, uh, watching them it, uh, as, as when they were called Bob and the Saggots and they were kind of yep. like a ska band back in the day. And then I, I found a poster I dug out couple months ago for a band I used to manage called I Am Legend <clears throat> from Connecticut and they played at my venue before it was my venue and I had booked I Am The Avalanche and on the poster it was I Am The Avalanche melded which is now um, that's Ed from University Drive mm. um, his like first high school band and then it was Title Fight, Tiger's Jaw and Three Man Cannon on the bill. Oh great show. So like, Speaking of Tiger's Jaw, that, that new record is incredible. I, I don't know if you've listened to it, that front to back, it's so good. I love this lineup and I'm, I'm so stoked for them. I love very, it. Very excited for them. Yeah. And, and Colin um, from Tiger's Jaw, he, he played on um, Crooked In My Mind and had been in one of the Koji lineups. Is just like a great dude, but it's, it's so cool to hear him playing on the, the latest Tiger's Jaw record and such a talented musician. I mean, um, but that whole group, that whole group, Tiger's Child, just having the longevity that they do and still making incredible records. I, I listened to it and I was like, this is, this, is, this is one of my new favorite records. It's awesome. Right. And I'm like, yeah, incredible. it's 2021. People are still making incredible music. Yeah, and, and so much has come out during quarantine that it's going to be interesting to watch how touring happens after this. Th that makes me nervous like touring yeah. coming back i think is going to be messy the amount of traffic there's going to be um the amount of stress it, it's going to be a happy thing when we all get to be in a room together around live music um yeah all respect to like outdoor shows and festivals but like i love the small club show um and that's going to take a while to come back and then there's going to be so much competition but i i hope it's safe for everybody you know I agree. And, and that we're putting especially the workers safety first you know but it, it will be gnarly and it'll be a great celebration when we get there right right no i i agree and that's uh i i've been i've been saying like i won't be the first person back doing mm -hmm. shows but i but i won't be the last person either like i i'm gonna have to know that it's 100 percent safe and anybody who i'm putting in in a position to be there or be part of it is is completely safe and I don't know what that looks like yet so that's why I won't be the first person but nor the last so it'll be interesting when it comes back um yeah, no doubt no doubt and then if we fast forward a couple of years I moved to Harrisburg and I remember just reaching out and being like hey like living here now and the first thing you said to me you're like well what have you done that's Harrisburg 
like that's quintessentially Harrisburg. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, and you were like, well, where do you go? And I was like, Oh, like, um, I go to, uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom Sawyer's outdoor bar downtown. And, <laughs> and I go, and I go to, uh, um, just basically all the, the Ron Kamianka bars down there. Right. Like, all yeah, the, yeah. cause I just didn't know. <clears throat> and my friends down here are, are kind of like bro that I went to high school with. So I remember you were like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. Like, come meet me at, um, at McGrath's, which became like my favorite place in the entire world. Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, you got to drink where the punks drink. Come on. Yeah. And all the metal kids and the skaters and the, like, and the mayor. And, you know, I think it's the weirdest, but I, I'm sure I, that's what I said that night is like, this is where the, the mayor, the fire chief, all the metalheads and punk and hardcore kids drink at. It's really strange. There's like a turnover after happy hour where it gets real, uh, a lot of tattoos, but there's, there's this buffer period where it's like it at the time was very weird. Um, yeah. Like I, (laughs) when we were all old enough to start drinking my, the, the mayor and the fire chief asked my friend, um, who, Jimmy, who's since passed, but it's the funniest story about Jimmy having the fire chief and the mayor ask him if he knew where to find weed. And he was like, yeah, I can find you some right now. And they're like, yo, you know what you're talking to? Oh, but that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. McGrath says, I, I'm not drinking like that anymore, but if I was uh, all day at McGrath's. <laughs> you know, we go, um, well, we haven't gone because of the pandemic, but we watched the Notre Dame games there on Saturday. Yeah. That became like kind of our... And and even so, like to my my father in law like loves it. It's like his favorite thing in the world. And oh, great food too. I'm like, don't don't just go there for for the drinks. Like they got great food, and their staff is still amazing. And if <laughs> you can have a saves the day, sing along with the with the whole team. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I think that evening you also took me to um, the Brick House, and um, you you were like, well, I guess we have to do a bacon shot. And that was my first introduction to a bacon show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is awesome. This is uh, this is great. And then um and then you told me about Nito Burrito. You were just like, don't go to Chipotle, go to Nito Burrito. It's the most Harrisburg thing. And I was yeah. like, okay. This this this, this is and, Yeah, set you up. Hey. And that has become so then like 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 you said, I we don't go out like that anymore either. But for for the like six years of going out pretty strong when I lived down here that became like mine. Like my friends would come and we'd go to McGrath's and then we'd go do a bacon shot. That was like, everybody has to do a bacon shot. And, uh, That's and so we would eat, eat at Nido Burrito the next day. So That's gnarly. Um, yeah, you caught me on a good year because I alternate hard between vegan and then just doing whatever. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I, my, my, my introduction to the real Harrisburg came through you completely. Um, I, mean, I don't know that I've been in like uh, to I've been to Tom Sawyer's just because when it's nice out like that happens sometimes but like the other ones like like they like I would just be like man like all these bars smell and the floors are gonna collapse and yada 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 but then um, I really like just fell in love with the Brick House like mm-hmm. going in there on a like spring or summer like late fall night with the front open and the bartenders are always just like a little gritty enough to like tell you to go fuck yourself but in like the nicest way like possible where it's endearing and um there was this kid Derek Allen that was in local bands Hmm. Mm -hmm. um not 100% sure of what local bands or whatever but we were in there and I was like man I'm just gonna go play like saves the day and taking back Sunday and found the jukebox and I was like but like the bartender's probably gonna skip it or change it or whatever and it turned into this giant sing-along with all these people oh yeah that then I was just like drunk enough to be like, wait a minute, like I could monetize this experience. And then I started throwing emo nights. I see. I see. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Cool. So that oh, was, so you the, start, where did you start was, throwing them? Five years ago. Okay, cool. We're doing yeah. like, like six, 800 people now. Wow. And getting, it was like in Scranton. And then we do Telus 360 in Lancaster, which like count. Cause they're just like a three story monstrosity. Yeah, but um, we do the main room there, where like Umphrey McGee plays and stuff, and okay, sell it out, which is which is pretty neat. It's it's been a wild, wild ride, about wow, ten, awesome about five years. It started as a joke um, for the music conference that that you've played a couple times that I do. 
I did it as a artist appreciation night. Okay. So it was like cool. free drinks for all the bands. And I did it at the Bog, which is like the coolest little bar in Scranton. Of course, and, the uh, Bog. Yep. And my, my buddy Brian, rest in peace, um, was like, I was like, Brian, like, I want to just play emo music all night. And he's like, I don't know what emo music is. He's like, I, I play a wash pan. <laughs> he's like, but, <laughs> but you can do whatever you want. He's like, just go ahead and do it. And uh, to my, my partner, that's the DJ, I was just like, hey, like, what do you, what do you think would, would happen here? Like, like, and he's like, 10 people are going to come. Like, All right. Sold the place out in two minutes. Wow. Like, oh, wow. This is something. It's been five, 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 six years now. So it's been, we, we were going on tour with Craig Owens. Um, oh, wow. Right. Uh, the first date was on St. Patrick's Day last year in State College. And then, and then, the, then the world came to a crashing crashing and, and so it goes <laughs> yeah, exactly but what i want to really talk about is this new project you have coming out on get better records that is a partnership with little amps and it's a fundraiser um the, the money was originally a fundraiser for surgery correct right yeah for our friends top surgery yeah mm -hmm. but you know with the covid delays vinyl takes so much longer to come out so we were just so you know overwhelmed uh, and surprised at how how quickly we were able to like crowdfund and and really like uh, our friend was able to fund their top surgery through selling zines in their web store and 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 people were so generous in supporting them and their craft. So we shifted our focus then to the LGBT center in Harrisburg, which which is incredible. Like I said, like I'm I, I'm not from here, so I'm not as tuned into to everything and I, and I live on the other, the other side of the river. So even I lose a little bit in translation there, but I think it's, it's amazing. And it's for youth programs. Yeah, there's, it's young adults and, and youth who use the space. So they have a program called common roads and it services them. And, and they, you know, the, the, it, and really it goes beyond that. It just makes the space more accessible. So we're, the goal is to, to fundraise and then I, I found uh, a wood shop that would donate the space and a few friends who would, were, were all gonna get together and build a bunch of acoustic treatment and then go and install it. And it just creates more access as you know the world is coming back. Um, you know, Disability justice is a really important thing and a, something I think that's been made more visible uh, through the pandemic, certainly because of, of the way that it breaks out that um, you know, things like disability justice along with racial justice. And uh, these things are like intertwined and you could see how much people were differently affected during the pandemic. So yeah, and imagining the world after, I don't know if pandemic ever really leaves, but in a world where we're able to meet again, it feels like the right thing to do to be creating more access for communities who have been especially marginalized during this time. And, and communities that, you know, like we're a part of, we're not separate from. Right, which, yeah. I, which I think is inspiring. And there, there's another artist from Harrisburg involved as well, right? That's right, Fulon Manet. Yeah, so um, Gabe Darling uh, is Fulon Manet and they wrote some incredible songs that I was really blessed to like mix, mix and master for the record. Um, but they, they also work for the LGBT Center. So it's, it's really awesome to be able to be a part of like their first record ever uh, when you know, I, I've known them um, for well over half my life, I guess now. And they were always coming to the, those earliest Koji shows. And then eventually I asked them to sing in my band when I started playing again. So we, we had a whole year planned of like, I was gonna go tour in the UK uh, and then everything got canceled and we started to meet on Zoom and I just, grabbed my band I, <laughs> together along with the other artists that were going to be on the tour and we just started meeting every single week um, and it evolved into this beautiful thing so it's like a beautiful it's it's awesome you know that piece of it with full-on Monet it's like a great Harrisburg full circle moment where we've been in community together for you know coming up on two decades and and we get to make this record together and invest in our community you know um, and and I I just have to say like, Fulamene and Gabe themselves have been such an inspiration in the way that they've they've just so bravely moved through the world and 
their gender expression. It's part of the reason that I felt comfortable, um, more comfortable in my skin. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. There's a lot of love on the split, you know? Well, that, I think it's, um, the best use of, of quarantine, uh, like we were talking before we, we started recording different things that people do during quarantine. And what that was one of the first things that struck me about um, the creation of the album as I read through the press release was that you guys were going to go on tour together. The, all the acts were, were going on tour and that obviously was, was shut down by the pandemic. Hmm. And instead you found community in technology via i assume zoom calls yeah. and this this amazing project was birthed through that yeah and it's only possible because there's there is just so much support and care in that space and and like you know what you said it uh not everyone is warm in music and so we didn't realize that the tour that was canceled, you know, I, initially I called it together because I was like, we need a moment to grieve for the fact that there's been this major shift in the world and in our lives. And we were about to become really good friends like that. And we just didn't get that opportunity. So we should just have a moment to check in uh, because no one else is going to do that. Like, it's not like you're in a workplace that's facilitating like, hey, let's talk about it. Do you need some kind of support? And not every, you know, generally workplaces don't have any type of support. So for us, you have to build that in. And, and I think it says a lot about us as people, like this pandemic has really been a mirror. And what you thought to do in tough moments during pandemic says a lot about where you're at and how we need to grow. And I'm just so proud of us for having that instinct to turn towards each other, to know that there is value in starting a dialogue, starting a relationship. And it just seeded these beautiful relationships that have continued to bear fruit. It's not just this record. like. We've been there for each other through the uprising, through this um, new wave of Black Lives Matter, of social movement, uh, alongside all the issues with the pandemic. So, you know, whether we were protesting um, and engaging with the movements in the UK, here on the East Coast or in LA, we we're able to reflect and do a lot of group study and have hard discussions that need to be had to better understand what was happening. Um, and that, that's really powerful. And I'm really reflecting on that. You know, we're talking right now, basically a year to the day when we found out the tour was canceled. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot of weight. I don't know if you've been getting that heavy energy, but there's like a lot of weight to this moment where we're like, whoa, one year of COVID-19, where it's, you know, really been acknowledged in the world shut down or the world, but, you know, the so-called United States. And um and that container, that 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 unit of time, the year, it's it's pretty powerful. So just to know that you can create community even when you are separate from one another. You can create community and spaces of care and creativity across borders and time zones and geography. It's like it's beautiful. And I hope people know if, you know, we still have a lot of pandemic to go. So I I still feel like and then there's the world after it right so i think that this record was really important for us to make and the story was really important for us to tell because we you know we want to shout and and sing that community is possible even in the hardest of circumstances and that you can really set some intention and and think hard uh about the world that you want to live in and start manifesting that in your relationships and even in your in your self-care you know just having that support week to week um you know we do we do yoga over zoom together it's not just all music but we're doing movement and um and study and it's really comprehensive because we're just finding ways to be artists to be in our bodies and to really holistically look at like what health can look like given the limitations of pandemic um and and I, and I hope people take that away from this, that there's that example out there for people, especially LGBTQI uh, plus community, that they see that there's space for joy, there's ways to create those supports, um, there's there's ways to get help and to also pursue your your craft and your creative practice. Uh, but we, you got to make it social and you can't do it alone. So yeah, this is this is a model of of how to build community um, and start from scratch and actually make something so beautiful. 
uh, this podcast was born <clears throat> from that vein of of mental health. It was mm. a little bit of like a brainstorm with um, some friends. Uh, the, so we we employ like a videographer and and photographer and everything for for emo night. <clears throat> and some of it was just like, well, how do we keep the name out there? It's it's been a year um, since we we've done one of these events. How do we we keep the name out there? And we did like two episodes where I just like interviewed like people who came to um, emo nights and, and talked about mental health with them and how they were getting through it because on the first year or on the one year anniversary, our inboxes were just flooded with messages from people who had leaned on that as a community. Um, mm. And I've watched, uh, we've had it um, doing it for so long now we've had engagements on stage proposals. Um, yeah. And we've, we've had like these people have created this community and I've met such amazing people through it that I like love dearly and care so much about now that I was like, how do I stay connected with them and talk to them? So every, every two episodes or three episodes, we have somebody on from that and just talk to them, you know, just, just, just talk. Cause uh, I've found that a lot of people um, that gravitate to that music are introverted and, and, and I don't maybe have somebody to reach out to. So we, we, we talk to them and we all hop on and, and we have these, these, what turned into amazing conversations. And I've appreciated that. And now it's not even like, there's nothing like promotional about this podcast at all. It's not even associated to the, to the emo night anymore, aside from me yammering about it once in a while, but we, it's, it's morphed more into just a community to talk. And yeah. I've, I've connected with some amazing people and, and so a lot of the guests have said like, everybody has a podcast now it seems so i think everybody's yearning for some sort of human contact oh yeah and i mean you want to hear other voices than the ones you live with or if you if you live alone like you just need that right but you know that's i gotta say that's one of my favorite things um you know about our community but uh, you know about you is that i love your enthusiasm for creating space you know and i love your enthusiasm for music um and it just shows in and and how you move through the world so yeah i i i think that's just so important that we we recognize that that's like that's a need it's not some some it yes it is a privilege to have the comfort to do do music and be a part of it but i mean legitimately it's a need to have these spaces to again like move into our experience like whether that's opening up space for a dialogue and having conversation or getting people in the same room to experience you know, live music or recorded music that we all know and love, right? You want that communion with with your neighbors and, and we need that connection. And that's the unfortunate thing about the world we live in. I think that we're realizing now about pandemic is it's built to keep us isolated. It's built to put us in debt and stay at work and not make our art to feel that pressure and identify. And then, you know, we're socialized to perform status and power and leverage. And, and you know, if you're a music fan, you know, it's not about that. It's about like what you feel, right. you know? Uh, there are some people that made it about sneakers and what record pressing that you have, but I, I would say by and large, we all know something felt about music that you can't say. That's why we have music. That's why people make it, you know, is because it's that felt thing. And, and I think we give a little too much credit to, uh, to, uh, you know, people live by that facts, not feelings thing. And I'm like, you can't get anywhere without feelings. Right. You can't, you can't, yeah. that's, 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 uh, you know, I feel for you because I, 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 on Fox News, I hear a lot of feelings uh, that are, are unhealthy ones uh, and there's no facts there. So it's like, it's like an absence of, of perspective um, and really invalidating what you, what you feel and know about connection. And I think that that's one of those things that these virtual spaces, our DIY venues, uh, the records that we love, they create space for us to connect. And it's about connecting. It's not about the borders. You know, that's what we're trying to fight now. It's, it's not necessarily a border per se in the sense that the, that a map recognizes it as a border, but like that's a border when you put a pipeline through indigenous land or when you put it through, you know, whether that's Standing Rock or that's in Brooklyn right now, Brooklyn and Queens, black and brown neighborhoods right now. You know, that's a, that's a border, even though it's not, it's, it's inland, but the, you know, the family detention center is in Berks County, not so far from here. 
That's a bo- you know, and then that's a border when people are harmful to one another with like racist or homophobic attitudes, or you're just harsh with yourself. You know, we're recreating separation, and and that's what I think music heals, whether we have that language around it or not. That w- we feel it. That's that felt thing, and that's the power. You know, so you know that's that's why I never take it for granted, and I am warm to the people when when we go to different places on tour because it's like that's what I see that's what I see I look at people for their potential but also like them facilitating the sacred space you know that's that's everything to me so anyway (laughs) that's my TED talk (laughs) I've 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 always said that I would rather put on a show to 25 people that is intimate and meaningful than a sold out thousand person room full of drunk people that don't even care what's going on on stage. Right. And I, I think that a lot of times I get asked, like my, my buddies will text me or whatever. Like uh, my friend from Pittsburgh texted me the other day. He's like, what's the, what's your favorite show that you ever put on? And I was like, Oh geez. Like that's, that's tough. You know? Mm-hmm. And I named like, I named you as that time when you came in, I don't remember which time through the venue it was, but you had everybody sit down Indian style. Mm-hmm. And you came down off the stage and you stood on the stage and just sang <clears throat> acoustic to them. And I thought that created such a community. And all those kids are coming back the next time you're there. You've created mm-hmm. that connection with them. And then instead, like, you know, the next night I had like drowning pool and let the bodies hit the floor. And like <laughs> a, guy, a guy fell and busted his head open and like was bleeding out and drowning pool wouldn't stop playing to like let us help him. You know, like, so you you, you have these like, yeah, Drowning Pool is, like, this name that everybody knows. And he, like, texted back. He's, like, well, I'm surprised, like, it wasn't Newfound Glory. And I was, like, that was great, too. I was, like, but, like, the way I look mm-hmm. at it isn't, like, cause he's, like, you must have made a killing that night. And I was, like, well, like, I, I don't necessarily, like, shows are, at that time, were work. So, like, when I could see special, and I named, like, five, but when I could see special moments was so much more meaningful to me. And that community, and we we really created that at that venue, which was tough because, we were all ages, but we had a bar on the other side, but we had like the Rigby's kids. Like I knew all those kids' parents because they would drop them off all weekend and mm. like they trusted us to keep them safe. And that meant the world to me. And now those kids are like getting married and, and having kids. And I feel I old when I go home and um, I, but I still like, I still get greeted. Like I'll, I'll still greet them with a hug. And there's like, like the kid that I used to have to throw out five times a night for moshing, have a conversation, let them back in. You know, it wasn't, you're getting muscled up and, and beat up on the way out. So I've always been a little against the grain with how I approached um, concert promoting. And luckily I've had enough people throughout my career that allowed me to do that and, and kind of saw, saw that. So I've, mm-hmm. I've always appreciated that. Speaking yeah, of- I mean, that, that, that makes a big difference is not casting, you know, the, the kid that's acting out is often the one that needs the love, you know? Exactly. So I, I mean, when I, when I was promoting shows too, I'm like, you don't got money come in you know and and it's like and do you like you know really identifying which people at the show need some extra attention to be connected with like don't feel left out here you know and um I mean that that speaks to how I am on stage too is like you know I really want to make that connection with people um and you know I can't make a space safe that's something that we all do um, and, and what is really safe? Like we're, we're never really to, able to truly meet everyone's needs, but to, to make that approach and to have that intention in your heart. Um, yeah, that's, that is different. And, it, and, and I imagine it's like, you know, to those kids, you're, you're being, you're being the adult that you needed when you were a kid. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do in everything that I do, uh, as I hopefully age gracefully is like, I I'm really trying to be better at being the person I needed when I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we're making, um, creating more access at the LGBT center. It's like, you know, I, di- I didn't know I was queer and I didn't have a space like that. So, you know, I didn't know it was a thing I could be. So uh, that, and that's why it's important to like live as bravely and as authentically as we can. Um, because people need that example. And I'm just so happy to hear you're reconnecting with, those Rigby kids and they're having kids. That's, it's beautiful. You know, really that next that's, generation. It, it, it's really neat. And, and I mean, this household has, you know, we we're, we're obviously, we're very civic minded and, and now having 
a son, it's so important to us to, to raise him. Um, we've like a man and I figured a lot of stuff out along the way on our own because we're just from very small towns and, and my father, it's been amazing to watch him evolve and, and learn and, and, and become just something I'm so proud of, like to be able to, through this pandemic, have conversations with him that like, he, 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 he never was like, like there was never a, a racist or derogatory aspect of our life that that was not like allowed but it was like not talked about either but like when everything started happening over the summer and everything like to have him just be like this is wrong and I as like a 56 year old man like feel the need to voice that like mm-hmm. I, I like I need to 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 let people know how I feel about it was was really cool because it was just something that wasn't talked about you know like politics in general it was just like we don't talk about that like it goes away you know um, and, and I'm a hyper <laughs> political person, um, to, to, to a fault at times. And, um, now raising my son, uh, there's definitely, we want exposure and to, to all things and, and, and all walks of life. And, and, um, there's just been so much music on in the house. I, I, I always say I had an ex- like, I was home from March until February. Thankfully, my I was able to work remotely, and I got to spend the first year of my life 24 hours a day with my son, yeah, or the first year of my son's life 24 hours yeah. a day with him. And music has like that's always been part of my life, and and he loves music, he loves Koji records. Um, the vinyl goes on, and and he he likes to dance to them. Uh, big Mac Miller fan currently. That's that's a big awesome. thing for us. Yeah. And then the Five Little Ducks. Are, the are, Five Little Ducks. <laughs> Yeah, we currently have a duck obsession. Um, there's ducks all over the house. Oh wow! Well, this record that we just put out is like the record for <laughs> yeah. for him. That's awesome. Right. So one of the connections I thought was was really neat. So get get better records is putting out the album. Yeah. And they are a queer run record label. And yep, then out of Philadelphia. Out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yep. And they've been. I feel like I I know that name. Like. You do. Like I like I know a lot of releases from there. I've I've I'm familiar with it. Um, the lo- is the logo different or or not? It's a little in- different now, but you okay. definitely know them. I mean, like Hers Collective has been making noise. Empath. Um, right, this, right. Yeah. So there's a lot of great bands, and then reissues um, or cassettes for for bands like Anti Flag, all the way to a lot of spew um, to. Um, sheer mag and and so many others like they they do cool stuff and 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 i i feel like you know they're one they're one of the punkest labels ever Mm -hmm. it's it's cool to see you gotta love it like if you if you like this music stuff and you don't know get better records that's that's the label to be a fan of right now and you can't say that about too many labels now you know a lot of them have aged labels that we grew up maybe listening to have aged to this point where they're just they're 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 practically a small major label they don't have that community piece that we love. You know, you're not reading through the liner notes, trying to figure out how the bands all know each other and stuff. Get Better is like the place right now. And, and I'm so proud they're, you know, uh, just down the road from us. And, and yeah. they, they wanted to do our record. It's awesome. That's incredible. That's so yeah. cool. And then there's a bundle available with one of my favorite coffee houses in the world, Little Lamps. Yeah. And you guys are, so if you, you buy the record, there's a, a bundle available with instant coffee, which I think is really neat. It's a really nice take on it. Cause a lot of people are just doing bags of coffee now. So I think that instant coffee makes it really unique. Well, and you know, co- you gotta make, I, I go camping and I go on tour. So it's like, you need some of that, you get that good coffee that you could take with you, right. you know, and make anywhere, hit the gas station, get some hot water. You got delicious little lamps coffee, you know? And is that a tin that it comes in? No, it comes in, it's like these little sachets. So it comes in six. It's really easy to travel with. Um, we made art that connects with, connects the coffee to I, the record. Uh, we're going to do a run of a couple hundred. It's, it's really, it's a cool thing because a lot of us at this point, we're like, some of us are making shirts, some of us are not so much. But we were thinking about like, what are, what are things that we can do that are a little different that maybe have a smaller energy cycle a little more green a little like you know there's so much shipping so we're like how can we put a little less um stress on the system mm-hmm. um yeah so a lot of considerations went into it and then we wanted to do something that like 
with the coffee itself that reflected our politics and and for us working with a sourcing the coffee from a co-op that commits to buying the entire area's harvest and not just cherry picking but it really takes care of all the farmers in that area speaks to how social this group is and how we want to care for our communities you know so Little Amps was really awesome to give us the platform and again, like reach people here in the area because we can't play the show. So being able to reach people through the cafe is really cool as well. And just knowing like the history of cafes because people that have, you know, most revolutions started around coffee or started around a beer. So the in terms of like the change that we want to see, um, you know, we want to be able to have uh, coffee that we could send to friends and be drinking the same coffee, you know? And, and um, I think that that's like a, Maybe we'll get together and have like a coffee house type show where everyone, when they get the pre-order, we can, we can all have like a coffee house zoom, you know, and, yeah. and leave everybody's camera on. So you can just see if you want your camera on, but yeah. you can look around and see who else is there. And, you know, maybe we'll do the Koji thing and introduce our, the whole, all the attendees. But yeah, I think it, I think it's a great project uh, from the fundraising aspect to sourcing the coffee, to making the art and then, Again, with the record, helping each other with, with you know, playing on each other's songs, mixing and mastering, developing the artwork, making it happen, and just the relationship that we have with Get Better and Little Amps. You know, we're really in community with them. We're really invested in not just this project that we're doing that's so public facing, but there's just little things like the mutual aid calls in Philly and supporting um, the people around Get Better Records. Um, they do such a great job of platforming especially black trans people and making sure like they're raising money and awareness for different causes and making sure we're like as a community meeting those needs and then on the Harrisburg side uh, we've been really you know th there's been a bunch of us who have been really consistent about maintaining um, a mutual aid like food pantry and um, just raised enough money recently on my birthday to be able to put a fridge right next to the pantry. So we're gonna be able to do fruits and vegetables right outside of the Green Street Little Lamps, you know, for free. So I raised enough for a fridge and several CSA shares. So we'll be able to be supporting local farmers as well. So just, it, it, it expands outward. When you see this record and it's a lot, it's a lot of artists, it's a label, it's a coffee roaster. There's so many people, so many hands that went into this release. Well, there's just so much more that we're involved in with respect to mutual aid and community care in our own communities. Um, and, and we're really excited about that. We hope people see that, like if you, if you see the record cover or a little news clip on a music site, we hope people investigate more because we're, we're really about our communities, you know? So I, I, can, I can attest to that. Um, I didn't know what Little Amps was until you introduced me to it. I think my first time there was, was a Koji show. But beyond that, I've been watching on social media, um, the work you're doing with the food pantry and we get we get a decent amount of listeners uh from harrisburg so if they wanted to make a donation what, what how would they go about doing that yeah hey if you're in harrisburg um it's it's truly like it, it, this is not an org and we're not ever trying to be one we're trying but we are trying to set up networks of of fridges and pantries around harrisburg because you know, there's plenty here in Harrisburg. This is an abundant land, right? So we got to make sure that everybody's fed. Um, and, and while we're doing that, we got to make sure that we eradicate the conditions that led to hunger, you know? But we let, let's start with getting some people fed. So um, if you want to make a donation, just stop by, just open up the fridge and, and please don't just drop it in front of the, uh, in front of the pantry. Like, we're asking people to make donations and like tidy, you know, so you just be thoughtful about what goes in there. People always think, ah, oh, let's put garbanzo beans and green beans and corn. I'm like, think meals. People need breakfast items. You know, we have little magnets inside where people like the kids who have, of the families who have been getting food out of the pantry have like dropped thank yous and little pictures for us. And it's really sweet. And like, please, please like think, what's healthy breakfasts, um, non-perishables that can make whole meals. So people need canned meats or pastas, um, things like of that nature, drinks and snacks go really quick too. But yeah, just thinking in terms of meals, um, 
and any help is appreciated. Like if you have a question about that, like hit me up uh, on Instagram or on Twitter, and I'd love to talk you through how to think about it. Or if you're if you're looking to start one in your area, how to maybe talk to a business, or if you have real estate where or where a pantry or a fridge could go, just thinking through that, you know, because we got to make this social. It's got to be contagious. Taking care of your community and really being a neighbor has got. We got to make that contagious and. Just well, I guess maybe that's not the word during a pandemic, but we got to spread the love. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's incredible, and I, I saw on Instagram that the third, I think it was a third street location was was updating their sign the other day and adding the uh, the wax onto onto it. Right. Yeah, they're they're going to be selling a lot more records, so definitely go there for used records. I know there's going to be a lot more get better records in there coming up soon. Um, and of course the split is going to be there in, at little lamps. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're really excited to see the coffee and get the records in hand. I'm, I'm excited. I'm um, right after this, I'm going to go, is it pre-order still available? Yeah. Pre-order is still available at littleampscoffee.com. You can also order direct from us, but the bundle is over at littleampscoffee.com. So I'm definitely gonna hop on and get one of those. I think that the the coffee too for people. I think everybody looks for a little collectible now, right? So that the packaging can can look great on a shelf or. Oh um, yeah, buy two. You know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, get you. Like that's like uh, I found my I find I think uh, our mutual friend um, Nate Darrow got me hooked on cassette tapes now. Oh, they're the best. So I uh, I have the NWA re-release here. Oh yeah. Um, so I just, but I, I don't have a cassette player. That's, that's my cassette collection. Well, actually I don't have any, I don't have West coast rap, but um, yeah, like I love like old Gangstar and Nas and like, um, yeah, Queens and Brooklyn rap was my shit as a kid. So it, it was really fun to collect cassettes and, you know, now that I don't travel, I can actually listen to them. So <laughs> that's like my, my, uh, it, it our lives are so busy and I think this has given us all a chance to respect or to reflect and also just reevaluate what we value. I, fi- I find myself in music stretches where I don't listen to a lot of music and the burnout, you know, happens, but I've been in my vinyl collection throughout this pandemic nonstop. And Isn't it great? It's been wonderful. <laughs> it's been wonderful. And just, you know, there's no, there's no other window to click to. You can't just, you don't have the anxiety of knowing that a whole music library is behind a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. Like the record that's on is the record that's on. Exactly. It's, there's it's no skip. There's relaxing. no relaxing. Yep. Yeah. Give me it. that. <laughs> yeah, you're at, at the mercy of, of the record. Well, and we're I, so stimulated. Think about all the screen time, you know, and you, you could be on a screen listening to a record, but, but at least what you're hearing is, and 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 the vinyl process, like you don't realize like vinyl is different. There's preamps and circuits that the final master is hitting as it's being cut to wax. You are getting a different sound. And there is a different frequency response and and you you're hearing something different. And at best, even if you turn the quality up, what you're hearing on streaming, which is still it's still pretty HD, but it's not it's it's not the detail that's in vinyl because it's only ever going to be CD quality streaming. So um, even with the weird stuff that they're doing on title now with uh, the new mastering files, like, yeah, it's kind of lossless, but they, you don't know what they're doing algorithmically and it's not a master that any artist approved. Right. So yeah, the vinyl is one of the best ways to hear the artist's intent, which is awesome. I, if you don't have a record player, uh, we're going to be stuck inside a little longer. This might be the time. <laughs> right. And, and in an odd way, sustainable, right? Um, I, don't, I, I watched a documentary on Jamaica's entire music industry still functions on vinyl. Mm-hmm. So they'll put a new release out. If it doesn't sell in two weeks, they melt it back down and just press new ones. They wow. pull it from the store. So like they're in a continuous loop of constantly reusing because it's a singles like they're very big on singles yeah. so you're putting out a single on uh the little 45s and if it doesn't sell in the in the two weeks then it, it gets pulled and they melt it down and they put out it down. hey that's dope and you know virgin vinyl is really overrated uh one of our uh variants i over half the pressing i think is is an eco mix uh and it's it's just random so but I, I think that that's an important thing too is, you know, the, the most powerful thing about the vinyl truly isn't 
the purity of the vinyl. It's, it's the mix, the master, uh, and the care that went into cutting that vinyl, which is, is a really intense process. It's a, it's, you're getting way more QC at the vinyl stage uh, than you are with algorithmic processing. Um, doesn't matter how good your audio converters are and your speakers are, you're just not going to beat it. Learning, I, learning a little bit about the science, you'll, you, you can feel great about your investment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, and support the bands. Come on. Yeah. You know, we get less than a penny per stream. Exactly. A fraction of a penny per stream on Spotify. That's what I was like, going to say. Vinyl has been rising, and I think it's wonderful yep. because a lot of that's going directly to the artists in, in comparison um, yeah. to, to a stream, which is, which is nothing. I, mm -hmm. I learned it the hard way. I put out an album um, for a band a couple of years ago, and lots of plays. There's no, there's no return for the band. So if you can support with a t-shirt or a um, coffee or a, uh, an yeah. album, just always, please, please do what you can. Yeah. So, we appreciate it. Bands, bands need it. You know, this is the hardest time. To, it's one of the best times in technology to be making music. It is the hardest time to be an artist. So yeah, any support, I mean, it doesn't have to be us, but support your friends that are making music, you know, make that a priority if you're a music lover. I imagine your audience is. <laughs> yeah, most of them, most yeah. of them will be. Yeah. Yep. So in closing, I, I, I was able to, to poke around and, and check out most of the artists on, on the album, and they're all fantastic, phenomenal. I think everybody listening would would appreciate and and really like it. You had um, shot me a text, and were like, "Have you checked out Solstice, Ray?" Oh yeah. Wow just wow like she can sing next level talent like yep blew me away yep and so i i want to encourage everybody to I'll, I'll leave um links in the comments or not in the comments links in the in the description of this on youtube and in on all the different platforms to each artist where you can check it out and and and, and see them and and go grab yourself a copy of the album but that one in particular just yeah, I knew I knew you'd like that. I, I <laughs> when we were talking, I'm like, yo, you're you're gonna love you're gonna love Sabrina. Her voice is incredible. But yeah, uh, Sabrina goes by Solstice Ray, and and she is phenomenal. And those are songs that already existed, and we took the vocal stems. And M from Nervous produced the tracks. So the okay. backing, I mean, M is incredible. M has such an amazing um, back catalog. But yeah, that's one of those collaboration pieces that we're able to do over like you know in our DAWs and through Zoom and stuff just figure out how to produce a song mm -hmm. like that and yeah they're amazing I, I stand by every track on this record I love it you know yeah. I love it I'm not just saying that I like I love it and it's such a wide range of um of songwriting it's really cool to see it's 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 exciting I I love everything that that the project stands for and I'm I'm excited to see you back doing music. Like you had said before we started, this is five years since since you last released music, correct? Yeah, and you know what? I left on I stopped on purpose uh, okay. because I really didn't feel like I had the community around me, and I I needed to do some growing and some healing um, from all those years on the road. And to be coming back and releasing music in this context with these with these folks within this community and then again being able to reconnect in this like really um healthy and positive place in my life and be connecting with with folks like you again um it's really special it's it's so special so all that this album represents but all that all these friendships and a life in music represents it's just it's great to be here and thank you for for platforming um our voices and supporting this record and and you know, and continuing to create space for, for people to be a part of music. Really appreciate you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for creating the art for me to give a platform to. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so, so important. I'm at the end of the day, uh, I've always told everybody I'm, I'm just a fan. I, I stopped booking anything I don't care about years ago. Like I'm not a concert promoter anymore for like a living. Like I'm a concert promoter when something cool comes along or something that I want to get behind. Um, and I think that the, the concert promoting that I learned as a young kid was 
I'm going to find this young band <clears throat> or this new band that I really want to support. And I'm going to grow them, you know, in my market and, and help develop them and create it. And somewhere it got lost to like, I'm going to book the buzz band and have all the locals sell a hundred tickets to open up. <clears throat> and, and I just, you know, I, I walked away from a music venue because <laughs> I couldn't do it. Right. I just, I walked away from a thousand cap music venue. And from there out, I, I, I were, I started the music conference for community for the, the local bands to, to give this highlight to bands from throughout the Northeast. But then I, I do shows sporadically here and there did anti-flag last year um, at a new venue that opened in Scranton. It was incredible. Um, I love those guys, but like, I have to really be excited or behind it at this point. Um, I don't feel the need to lend a platform. I think is our new, our new word that's, that's become so prevalent during the pandemic, but I, I, I don't need to build a band that's a bunch of dicks, right? Like I don't, need to work, I don't need to work with those people anymore. I'm, you know, I'm 35 years old and I have, I have a job, thankfully that allows me to, to, to take time and do these concerts or whatever, but I'm not going to do it for, <laughs> and now with a kid, like if I'm taking time away from my life, yeah. to lend to this it's got to be something that's a little a you gotta little do it for the love the world needs more love you know the world needs more attention and i think um you know we be we benefit when when we live our truth you know so i'm just happy to hear you're in a place where you're you're being a part of music on your own terms you're you've assessed what your values are and how you want to move and and you know like communities benefit from people knowing who they are so it's a it's a long road, right, to get there, and Gosh, and really and and have some ease about being a part of music. I think there's always like a lot of pressure, even sometimes when you're just a music fan. There's a lot of pressure to like know all the things or like like a piece of music or a band the right way or whatever. And you just got to forget about that performance piece and know who you are, and know why you love it, and and how you want to show up. And I think. Um, yeah, I I think as we as we grow, we find that we find that peace with music, and 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 hopefully everybody gets there. You know, I, I I admire my little brother so much. He's a freshman in college, but like he's never. I I admire his relationship with music so much. He's never been like a big music like guy guy like like me, right? He's never been like in it. He legitimately just likes whatever he hears that he likes. Like, there's no like. He's yeah. never had a. a a pretentious thought about it he's never like been like oh i should like that band it's just like if he likes it he 100 percent likes it there's no like punk rock cred associated or anything like that to it and i think it was a couple of years ago he was just like we were driving and he was just like i don't like music with guitars in it and i was like what i was like what do you mean you know and i was like all right well i'm going to a sh to to a show tonight and you're gonna come with me and I took him to the Menzinger's holiday show in Scranton. And he was just like, I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> was like, I didn't know this existed. And it was such an amazing first show for him because talk about community. Like that's like a high school reunion of the whole. Oh area. my God. Yeah. Everybody's there and they always put on like an upcoming local artist and everybody's hugging. And I pushed him into the mosh pit and I saw like fear of death on his face. And, um, then like <laughs> somebody just like put their arm around him and like took him around in a circle, like a 40 year old guy that like, I know that bartends at, <clears throat> at a, at a local bar. Right. Like, yeah. And he just got to experience that. And it was my brother and I are 17 years apart. Right. So having moments to connect are, are tough sometimes like on that level. And that was one of those moments that, that was cool. And, and at that time I was just like, man, like he was able to just hear this and be like, this is music. And I like That's it. it. And there was yeah. nothing more to it. And then, um, yeah. And that's precious to connect over something like that. And, you know, real. And then he was like, will you take me to Warp Tour? And I was like, yeah, we'll go to the last uh. one. And he, um, he loved the ska bands, loved them. Um, and then. Very Northeast PA of him. Am I wrong? <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the, the ska hub. There used to be like a million. I would put on a ska show and I have seven local ska bands on it. Yeah. That's so good. Crazy. But, um, and then I was like, well, I was like, we've been watching these bands all day, you know, and I grew up with the Motionless and White guys pretty intimately. Like we knew each other very well. And it was, you know, the last, they got to play the last, they were the only band that played at that time. They shut down every other stage. Motionless and White played the last song of the last Warp Tour at Montage Mountain. 
And it wow. was a really cool moment. And I remember looking at my wife, and we were far back. And I was just like, if they play 5-7-0, like, people are, are going to die. Like, like, I couldn't even imagine. Like, like every person, all 20,000 that were at Warped Tour that day were in one spot. And when they started into the guttural scream of that, he – I never saw, like, somebody go from, like, kind of bored to, like, pure fear for his life. Huh? Like, fists started flying, and he was, like – he just wasn't prepared. Like he didn't know that was that again. Didn't know that's that a thing. He yeah. was just like, "What are they like? That they're doing that for fun?" <laughs> and it was just so pure um, that that it was really neat. And then, but then he he listened to the words and he was just like, "Are they singing about like this area?" And I was like, "Yeah, the song like the chorus is five seven zero." And he thought that was really neat and appreciated it for that. But then he was just like, "I don't ever want to. I don't ever want to hear that, <laughs> hear that." <again>. But, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but it was neat. Yeah. But hey, I want to thank you so much. Um, for coming on and, and being part of this I'm so excited for the album and just, again thank you and thank you for all that you do from artist to activist to community builder to introducing me to Harrisburg right like my, my yeah. Harrisburg experience was was so profoundly shaped wow. by you that that it meant a lot and even like like I just when I look back and it's weird because like I had never been to the Midtown Scholar until you told me about it and like my engagement photos for my wedding were taken there. Right. And wow. we came to your show there and, and little amps, I never had a coffee from there. And so you played a show there and we came and, and uh, I just, I, I truly do appreciate um, that and kind of cueing me into, to what was going on. And even that night that you took me to um, McGrath's, I still see like uh, Danny, Danny Fresh. Uh, yeah, of course. You know? And we yep. still speak whenever I see her. Uh, she's like, hey, Koji's friend, you know, and like, in passing, <laughs> right? But we, yeah, we and talk about a lifelong music fan, but also such a gifted photographer. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But yeah, that, I, it, you know, I uh, did a lot of drinking in Harrisburg and <laughs> I appreciate you like sharing those memories and, and taking me on that journey back in time. It's, but yeah, like, I, we're, we're better for having each other here in Harrisburg and, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here and you're starting your family here. And, um, and it's, we're, we're really lucky to again, be healthy in a pandemic and, and still here. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you in, in person <laughs> and hopefully it's at a show. Yes, exactly. Yes. hundred percent. Um, I'm, we're, we're, I, I just, I mean, like I said, I'm so blessed and grateful that, that our, our son's been healthy and, and we got that whole, all that time with him. But like, like there was just this picture of his first year in my head. Right. And it involved like noise canceling headphones at a show that was probably like endless Mike in the Beagles club or Koji or, you know, S Dakota. Like that was like going to be the, the introduction to music for him. Um, and it just hasn't, like he's listened to all of it on vinyl, thankfully, you know, in, in the yeah. basement and, and loves it. But, um, he hasn't got to experience anything live yet, so I'm I'm super excited for him to be able to do that. Well, you get that moment like with your brother again, where it's like, wait, what? This exists. Right. Yeah, that's electric. I mean, I I was just thinking recently. I'm like, I someone's asking like, where did where did music start for you? Uh, like, you know, when did I really start seriously pursuing it? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was when I was a toddler, and I realized if I touch the strings, it makes the sound. And what I felt then is what I feel now. And so I see that with you and what you share, you know, with all your friends, but that special connection with your son where it's like, wow, like that kid loves music already. And when you get to see those, you get to share those moments, those formative moments where, the, where there's a, the recognition of what it, what it means, that yeah. felt thing that we've been talking about. Like, that's awesome. I'm so excited for that. And I'm so excited for him to meet people like you, um, you know, when you, you know, as well as anybody, you know, more so than me as we do this thing. And, and, you know, I, I've, I've toured a little bit. I've, I've done shows for 20 years now. It's crazy to think about. I've just met so many people and developed these amazing connections throughout the years on, on a personal level. And like, to think like he's almost two and like, he hasn't met any of these people, you know, that are so important to my life. I can't wait for that to happen too. Right. Like, but he, I mean, I'm even thought like he hasn't met like, my best friend like yeah. from high school even like he, he just hasn't it's like my parents and his parents and 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 us uh for the most part and then and then daycare uh 
a couple times a week, but it's, it'll be, it'll be so awesome to see him get to meet these people who are so important to me and, and say, Hey, <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you and the fam and yeah, we'll, we'll get together when, uh, when we all get those precious vaccines and, and I, and I wish you a speedy recovery from <laughs> dose number two. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, uh, I, I, it's worth it no matter what, right? Get it. Yep. I don't care if you're, if you're not dead, it's worth it. Yep. But I got like railroaded. <clears throat> we're going on. I got it yesterday at 430. So we're however many hours into that, like almost, you know, 36 now. And I like, I'll, I, I like, I didn't feel good overnight. I woke up and I was like, oh, this is like everybody says, you feel better. Went to work. I sat down at my desk and my fever just like spiked. Ooh. And I was like, I took my temperature, it was 103. And I was just like, I can't do this. So I like walked down to my vice president. I was like, I got, I, I can't even talk. I got to go. I'm like dizzy. Came home, took a nap, drove Amanda to get hers. And then um, we're home now. And, and I'm starting to just finally feel a little bit better. If the fever would break, I'd be good. I'd be, I'd be good, but but it's worth it. And uh, a little aches and pains and, and some fever. Hey, and that relief that you're going to feel just not having that hanging over you, you know, even the responsibility of like, if I'm a asymptomatic carrier, you know, you just worry less about it. We still got to be safe. You know, it's not a hundred percent with all the variants going around who knows, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got it. I'm looking forward to getting it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everybody get vaccinated. Yeah, please. The quicker you do that, the quicker we can can all get back to and you um, still got to wear a mask <laughs> still got to wear a mask absolutely got to wear a mask and yep yep so hey thanks so much goji cool thank you thank you very much